present day, <laughs> present time. <laughs> okay, joke's done. Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Uh, hello. Duncan. Hey. And Jeff. Hello. I've found a way to make Andy not fuck up our intro every time, and it's by making bad lane jokes. Stay tuned to find out more, but in the meantime, <laughs> Duncan has been uh, watching some stuff that we didn't cover in our beginning of the semest- uh, semester. Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm in grad semester. school. <laughs> Class. Beginning of the season. Welcome to anime school. Anime, yes, because school you on some anime. Uh, and to start with that, Duncan's going to talk about uh, domestic na kanojo or domekano. Domekano. <laughs> Either or girlfriend. You looked at me like I was crazy when I when I when I said the whole title, which shows you how deep you are into this show. <laughs> I mean, I still haven't gotten over what happened about a minute ago at the very beginning. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But anyway, domestic canal. Bad or uh, yeah. <laughs> bad is your is your response. <laughs> yeah. Next it's bad. Right, Next. bad but good. Bad but good is is what this show very much is. It's um it's melodrama. It's pure melodrama. Um the the plot, if if so much it can be called, is <laughs> that um uh a high school student sleeps with a girl on a, a night out. It's uh Like sleeps with her or sleeps with her. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, the opening shot is a bin with a condom in it and then the next Oh shot, man, that's then, Yeah, and then the next <laughs> shot is them like her putting on a bar. People actually have sex in an anime. That's really uh-huh. exciting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, and in the grand uh, uh, um, history of anime, they, they then, of course, then roll it all back and uh, uh, basically reset the relationship to zero and have to go through the entire rigmarole of uh, um, getting to know each other uh, again. But with this obviously being anime, they can't just have them meet in school and... Uh, uh, have a perfectly normal uh, boy meets girl uh, story. Uh, no, 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 none of that. Um, uh, what's going to happen here is, uh, um, his uh, she's going to turn out to be his new uh, uh, would it be sister in law? Stepsister, I think so. Stepsister, his new stepsister, and uh, his 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 the teacher who is his is his has long been his uh, crush is her elder sister so he, now he's living with his crush and the woman he randomly slept with and let the melodrama begin yeah. Huh. yeah yeah when duncan described this in the group chat it sounded like scum's wish but too much and that's why i immediately <laughs> started reading the manga <laughs> yeah i mean we never i don't think we ever talked about like you consuming all of Scum's Wish, did we, Jeff? Um, Which is kind of weird. Um, did we? Did we not? Yeah, I don't think so. I think we just mentioned you're like, yeah, I've watched Scum's Wish. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I think, I'll, like everyone who's watched Scum's Wish on this podcast has been intrigued by it, and so it's not surprising that you'd be interested in something that's just <laughs> Scum's Wish. But but even I more don't know. so, yeah. yeah, Scum's Wish and sister fucking. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not sisters at the time. When they fuck. <laughs> just it's like the, um, the, the well uh, maybe not in the anime <laughs> the Jesus. manga has gone further <laughs> so duncan why are you attracted to this this thing um, <laughs> it's a good question um i Very think essentially question. it's that i 
like like you said, Jeff, I've I've seen that um, anime and manga do have a ability sometimes to do trashy stories um, better than you'd expect. And so I, after watching the first episode, I thought, well, this is an interesting premise. It's less precious about um, sex than the majority of anime is. And that's maybe one of the biggest pro- uh, problems anime... Like, what is... From outside the sort of... Uh, I hate to use the word fandom, but anime f- fandom uh, who who watch a lot of anime... You might think anime's biggest problem is that it has too much, um, too much boobs, too much fan service. But I, I honestly think that a bigger problem is that, that how everyone is incredibly chaste and unable to communicate their f- feelings in any way more than holding hands. And part of that may be because the average um, age of an anime protagonist is probably about 14, 15, but Nevertheless, it does mean that it's when there's actually a, a decent relationship in a show like in like this does build to within the manga and like in Scum's Witch or like in uh, Watakoi or like uh, I think I have form for this anyway in, in terms of that if if a show offers to give me a relationship which is a bit more um, grown up a bit more. Um, developed, then I will tend to give it a chance. And in this case, I gave uh, the show a chance, despite the the sleaziness of the overall pl- plot. Just because mm-hmm. I thought, well, if they're willing to go in with this big um, event within the first few minutes, that shows that maybe they're aware of some of the failings of their genre, and they might do something interesting with it. And I think overall. The the plot is still pure pure melodrama, but I think the generally in the manga at least the writing is good moment to moment. Um, I, th- I can't think of a better way of describing it, sort of intimate dialogue. Like you can, it feels authentic to the way two people talking to each other would a lot of time. Um, I think it's somewhat suffered in the. Uh, anime adaptation because they've tended to um, just try and pack like multiple vol- volumes into a couple of episodes uh, worse and so when the strong point of your your story is not the story itself it's the, the characters and their moment to moment interaction cutting down that, that moment to moment interaction to push through more of the story kind of is cutting your nose off to spite your face almost it's like it's you're losing yeah. the Losing mm-hmm. the point of what made the original good. I'd be interested to hear what you thought of it coming into it, having because I I watched the first episode, then I immediately went away and read the the manga, Andy, and you've watched a couple of episodes just just on its own strength. So yeah, how, I mean, how do you feel? Like you said, I I know it it you it's interesting you talk about sort of like the chastity of characters, and sure, the first episode somebody. Two characters both lose their virginity, but then nothing comes of it ever again. Or at least so far, like yeah. maybe more stuff will happen. Um, but it's enjoyable. Like it's certainly, I don't think it feels rushed. But there are certainly some things that like <laughs> well, you but, yeah, can't but... connect the dots quite so quickly. Um, 
I've only watched like three episodes. I should yeah. I should should clarify. I will but... I will say that the manga and the anime do quite rush into in setting up the situation quite quickly. It's he sleeps with her. He's uh, there in school, uh, sort of hearing the he he uh, the older sister sort of telling him about his woes and and sort of thinking about confessing mm. to her. Next minute, oh, who's mm. his dad bringing bringing to to the door? Uh, this is this is the woman I'm marrying and her two daughters and he's like, like oh! yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh and then they and then like literally I think the next scene he's like oh by the way I found a house we're gonna buy it we're gonna make a movie yeah. there. and, and like, they kind yeah. of like make jokes about the fact that maybe we're doing this too quickly it's like no 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 it's fine <laughs> nope. Nope, nope, nope. I did like it's cool like, I like that. Um, Major- we've kind of got a complete family unit in that we've actually got a father and a mother, yeah. even if they are <clears throat> reasonably married. They also got and, they have, and they have actual character too. Like they're not yeah. just like weird faceless like adult units there to like just reassure you that these people are not orphans. Yeah, yeah. and like and it was really like that one moment where you see like why they fell for why she fell for him and stuff. I thought that was just like Yeah, he, it was he's really sweet. Like, it was literally like a one second scene of him confessing his love with some like cheesy flowers and being like, I just want to see you smile because God knows you deserve it or some really nerd, like cheesy shit <laughs> yeah. like that. No, but the, the, the dad's great. He's he's like yeah. so sincere and so, yeah. so, mm-hmm. and so really, affectionate. And in many ways, I kind of wish their relationship like <laughs> would develop more than everyone else's. They get married in like the second episode and they don't even do like a party or anything. It's just... Oh yeah, I went to the office and now we're married. So cool, that's officially <laughs> moving on. Uh, your issues, guys. Let's talk about that. Um, I like. I also like the, uh, the. You mentioned that they sort of have sex and then start from step one. I mean, the reason is I felt it's one of those things that basically the the woman just wanted to have sex because everyone was doing it, and so she wanted to feel what it was like so he can at least be part of that conversation. Yeah, she has like a a line of that. I think what's the line? Um, uh, it's like she she's not. She says something like, "I, I wasn't disappointed in, in it, but I didn't feel anything changed in me." And yeah, and, she's, uh, and I think that all of that stuff is really good because I think that, like you said, as far as anime chastity. Of the, the culture of anime, chastity is really strongly protected, and then if mm. it's not strongly protected, they're either being raped by goblins or it's just straight up hentai. <laughs> yeah. um, which I mean is fine, but you know they're not realistic interpretations of sex and adult st- stuff like that. But so I do think that that's quite good in the general sort of consensus and conversation of anime progressing that stuff like sex can happen and it's fine and yeah. nothing and she's completely cool with it as well she's just like yeah. yeah it happened just get over it mate whilst he's the one who's sort of like fucking Guilty all pent and, up yeah there's mm-hmm. uh and but i yeah, do you, think i think that you know at, at that age 16 which is also like raises another thing because he's got a crush on that guy like the uh teacher and yet he has sex with this girl and miss was like why would they do that? And I'm like, oh, he's just a horny teenager. Like, of course, he's yeah, like that, anything that, that moves. happens. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it's shitty, but you know, there was no strings attached, uh, and he was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm only gonna be here once, I guess. Uh, and <laughs> it is like that was a really like that first episode was really nice, and I don't mm. actually think, even though that first episode was pretty trashy, I don't think it's quite lived up to the expectations that the first episode has at least. Uh, 
mm. intended to me. Although, like I said, I'm only three or four episodes in, so I, I know that there's more stuff. They even give that that decision to uh, to sleep with her some extra context in sort of um, that the mix, it, uh, he, and, yeah, and, oh, that, and that he's and that that he's like um, feels like he's never going to get anywhere with his his that his love for Hina's unrequited and it, he's yeah. never going to get anywhere and so he goes out and then just he's propositioned and just thinks well maybe this will help me get over it and like this idea of someone sleeping with someone else just because out of a broken heart or um in Rui's case out of sort of curiosity and sort of wondering whether it'll help her get over her sort of issues connecting with other people and stuff. I think that's that's interesting because people have sex for a lot of varied reasons. Some of them dumb, some of them <laughs> genuine and um, yeah. emotional. And yeah. it's it's good it's, that... It's just a shame that it didn't really go anywhere. Like, it doesn't... I know that the whole point of that one scene was that she just wanted to try it and no strings attached and that's it, leave it alone. Like, I've done it once, now I don't have to talk about it. But it's just a shame that... She has no intention to bring it up, and then they just, like you said, reset their whole relationship mm. uh, when they move in. Yeah, uh, which is a yeah, bit this is, of a this shame. This is where the guy who's read the first hundred or so uh, chapters of the manga <laughs> say, "Well, maybe just wait. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should wait and see." Yeah, sure. I mean, will they will they get that far? Because it's only good, probably going to be um, one core. They're going for it a fair rate, um, but I think I think the thing is, as Andy says, they it's you have the sort of um, the, t- the typical arc in any uh, sort of romance is, oh, they, they meet, they sort of, uh, they eventually confess their feelings. Then maybe they hold hands, if they're lucky, if they're really mm. adventurous. Um, whereas here, they've started um, by sleeping together and then starting to um, build an emotional connection with, with each other through um, the the way they act towards each other and sort of the the way they treat each other and forming a friendship and then looking after each other and so it's actually sort of a, a far more healthy depiction of the of of saying like the way to a, a that sex isn't the be or, or end isn't the sort sort of goal at the end of this a path you're you're trying to build up in a relationship it's part of it and it's that's it's not it's a not... goal it's it's just part and also and that's the end that's as well it yeah. reminds me sorry to interrupt jeff it, no, no, no. It, it reminds me of um my lesbian experience with loneliness which by the way is an amazing manga that everyone should read um but they have a bit in there where she's talking about when she calls up her she basically in the whole series, it starts off with her phoning up a hostess and, uh, sorry, a prostitute and trying to uh, sleep with her. And then in that, she's talking, she's internalizing what's going on. She's talking about how sex is in many ways like jumping 10 levels of a relationship. And it's just like she's gone from a complete beginner who's never even kissed someone to jumping all the way up to having like straight up sex with them. It's like, it's the, it to her, it felt wrong. And it's like an interesting way that, People view that side of relationships, I guess. This and I was gonna actually that reminds me. There's a show I think you and Ben are both watching, Andy, um, about uh, uh, Rinji uh, Ekodachan. Yes, 
Yeah. Is, yeah. Does that deal with? Um, uh, I know that's sort of uh, based on uh, sort of a woman and her relationships. Does that deal with sex at all? Yes, it does. But it's kind of. I mean, these are. This is a based on a four-panel comic, a four-coma, mm-hmm. and so, like, I think we we talked last episode. We talked about the second episode, which is her laying in bed uh, with the guy she's seeing, plucking her eyebrows. Um, while he talks with his actual girlfriend and convinces, tries to convince her that she, he's not cheating on her and does so successfully. And so it kind of has, I don't think it directly, like, because I think what a, a lot of romance uh, anime do is they is they want to draw out the whole arc of the relationship and, like, just keep you forever on that precipice of, like, I think this person likes me, but I'm not sure, and just have that drama fuel the entire show. And at least, uh, at least in a... Uh, Rinchi uh, Echo Chan, that's not what they're doing. It's yeah. just like observations of like how okay. how weird and shit relationships are sometimes. <laughs> um which is something that, that anime is like at least more traditional anime is not that interested in, I don't think. Yeah. Well, um, or if it does, it's scum's wish and we talk about it for <laughs> for years. What I, I quite like about uh, Domestic Girlfriend is that much like Scum's Wish, it isn't about like, you know, people pining away for each other and unrequited love. It's about like love that is requited problematically and oh, like dealing with the the fallout of that because, you know, the the you know, the original setup is that, you know, this guy is, you know, he's in love with this teacher and he like randomly sleeps with the other girl. And it turns out, oops, they're, they're sisters and oops, they're also now my sister. But <laughs> like that relationship with the teacher actually comes to fruition before too, too long. Like probably about a quarter of the way into the total running yeah, we'll, of the, we'll, the manga. We'll and then like, sorry? We'll certainly see it within the, the run of the, the show, I think. Mm. And then of course, like, it's a teacher and a student having, you know, having an improper relationship. And also they're, you know, if their family finds out, it'll destroy their family. And like they're, you know, and it's dealing with that and dealing with the fallout of that, which, you know, again, like melodrama and, but it's, it's, it's handled in a way that it's not just like, you know, it's not trashy sex comedy. It's not just like misery porn. You know, it, it is, it well establishes all the characters as having inner lives and having conflict and having desires and then working through that as opposed to just like, you know, there's a couple moments where like, you know, some, you know, a big thing rolls into like, you know, threaten everybody's uh, situation just to create some drama. But like, for the most part, you know, it, I don't know. And it sounds like maybe the, the anime adaptation isn't doing it as successfully is that it, is interested in how these people are feeling about it at the time. And like, even the the secondary characters get quite a bit of time to flesh themselves out. And like, you know, yeah. when they're introduced, they like, they frequently will like resemble some trope or it's like, Oh, this is the cheesecake, you know, sexy girl. And then they sort of like go into, you know, why is she like this? What is it like for her to be like this? You know, what are, you know, the social implications of her, of her life like this? And yeah, it's like it's 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 an interesting show. Like it's it's not it's not as like trashy and like like mopey as Scum's Wish, but it you know it's you know it's it's sort of similarly interested in like the fallout mm-hmm. of relationships and more so than just like bringing that that relationship together. Well, I feel like Scum's Wish is kind of, is interested, almost uniquely interested in like the negative side of relationships, like. Yeah being in love can make you feel terrible and if we if we if we look at media like at the very best the feeling terrible is a prelude for 
you know, finding someone new or moving on, which true, fair enough. Most of the time that happens in life too, but like Scum's Wishes, like you can just get trapped forever with a, like not forever, but for like years with a bad crush that all it does is just make your life appreciably worse. <laughs> um, so I think that that appeal seems def- definitely distinct from uh, uh, Domecano, but it does sound like it is really interested in, uh, really interested in consequences mm-hmm. uh, where, where uh, weird, sex or relationship stuff is not a setup for a joke which reminds me of the other thing that duncan said he was watching lately right yeah uh, do you want to uh to lead in and then i i can uh... i mean i, I don't I, I watched it like shortly after it aired what so, were you watching what is this uh shimonita uh it's i don't even what's like the actual meaning <laughs> supposed to be for the title a boring world where the concept of dirty jokes doesn't exist Nice full light novel title. Yeah, uh, such a light novel title. <laughs> yeah, it's and of course Shimonita is an abbreviation for the for the full length title, um, but it is a it's a sex comedy where Japan has outlawed like all sex jokes, <laughs> and uh, a, the son of an infamous sex terrorist uh, decides to like bring this back <laughs> with the help of a girl. Uh, and how do you how do you become a sex I don't know. Well, you watch you the show and find dirty out. jokes in public. Yeah, basically. it's oh, just like gorilla gangbang. I mean that. What? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that we didn't weren't on iTunes that gorilla gangbang could be our episode title, but instead, <laughs> uh, instead. No, I mean, one... no, it no. I think the problem with Shimonita is, is just like it's both like really shameless and actually still kind of like dumb and chaste. Like it's not yeah. really willing to commit as much as it wants to. In in the end, that was the, the I actually sort of enjoyed the first couple of episodes were meh, didn't really get that much out of it, and then they I think it was either the fourth or fifth episode they they just sort of um, upended the the sort of traditional um, chasteness and had one character just just go incredibly horny for, for another one. And I just really enjoyed how absolutely terrified he was that the woman he's been fa- fantasizing over is suddenly completely and utterly besotted with him and just what basically just wants him for his, his, his body and how just like the, this trope of, of, uh, of, Oh, I want the the nice, chaste, pure girl that is just totally upended. But then, then they just undermine that by going. Actually, she's not the the nice, chaste, pure girl. Actually, this other girl is the nice, chaste, pure girl, and that's the one who you're really gonna fall in love with over the next couple of episodes. I'm like, God damn it! Can 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 not we have the protagonist just decide he actually likes the the person regardless of whether they're a, a chaste, perfect woman or not, and just the fact that she's horny for him being a positive rather than a negative, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, no. I can't. I I thought uh, Shimonita was bad. Like <laughs> even just like the basic thing of like there's these people with secret identities and they like hide their identity by like wearing a bunch of panties all over their body and yeah, I. I. It's not really hiding it. It's like who's who's, who's the <laughs> terrorist? Why don't you look at the people who put pants all over them? <laughs> no, or who the idea... just all of a sudden ordered like a hundred pants off eBay for no reason? Like what? 
<laughs> the, their explanation for that, Andy, is that um, society's become so prudish that the way you disguise yourself is by basically wearing nothing but a pair of panties over your head and a sheet. And everyone's that sort of prudish that you can threaten to flash them and they'll they'll essentially cover their eyes and just let you run away. <laughs> well, also, everyone's wearing like shock collars that, that like shock you if you do anything lewd or say anything lewd, too. It's a very, it's, it's, Andy, I'm sorry to say this. It's not a very, like, realistic world. What? <laughs> it's, no, it's not exploring. Sounds, the premise sounds fun, though. It sounds really dumb and enjoyable. It's, it's, yeah, I just think it, it's, ultimately it's held back because I think it, it, it subscribes to the same, like, kind of chaste morals as most anime. Mm. Um, where, like, flashing a panty is okay. Um, or someone falling into a girl's boobs is okay, but like actual like filth and like dirty shit is not can't no, fly can't, and can't it that. doesn't. Yeah, so I don't know. I I don't know why you watched it, Duncan. I do, but I don't. <laughs> oh, I mean, I I know I started watching it, and I know why I I kept watching it because the as I say, it had a couple of good episodes, and I think there's like a reasonably strong cast. As I said, the like. The uh, I can't the actress who plays uh, um, uh, a in uh, Index was yeah was there, it's the, uh, it's the artist doing girl. her pro- doing her proper uh, her traditional <laughs> yeah she's got oh, the best old lady voice I will yeah. I mean I as I said I will watch anything that she's in which is why I ended up watching this piece of shit <laughs> long ago I mean, so. she's she's good as is um the uh, the actress who plays Anna which is uh. Turned out to be unfortunately uh, one of the actresses from uh, Sina Sayonara Zetsuo Sensei who passed away a, a few years back, just of a, a bad case of pneumonia after yeah no infection. complicated complications from mono which is yeah. weird wild. <laughs> yeah but it's like uh. yeah they they both completely go into their roles and just own own this really weird punny material and it's just. Re- really enjoyable performances but as you say like the the central uh, protagonist is just pretty meh as is the central love interest and it's just like the couple of good supporting characters and the more of them the better the episode and the less of mm. them the worse the episode unfortunately i mean it, yeah it's based on a it's based on an <laughs> 11 volume manga or so jeez yeah yeah well <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna. I got to say, like, Go that's on, why I, I wanted to talk about like the weird. I guess as we're in Hornsville right now, I was watching. <laughs> this is why I really wanted to watch Hajimeta no Gal because Gyarus are like generally a bit more sex forward and sex positive. But man, that show was not good. I couldn't sit through two episodes of that pure <laughs> filth. And it, it wasn't the girls; it was the guy who had this sort of like gross fucking idea that they're like gyarus are super easy and they'll just drop their pants for anyone and and that they'll and you know and there's like conversations with him and his otaku friends who basically just put a love letter in this gal's uh shoebox forcing him to meet up with her and then she says yeah sure um that's the premise they then i don't know i didn't get much further but uh (laughs) But like the the sort of the the pre-described notion of the Garus from like the uh, from the Ataku friend side was so disgusting and vile and sort of like not only wrong but just sort of bad impressions of how relationships work, how women yeah. work, how anything on the opposite side. And I kind of get that. I kind of get that that's the joke is that they're completely clueless. But it was done in such poor taste that I just couldn't hack it. And I was like, you yeah. know what? Even if there is some good shit later, 
this stuff is terrible. The censorship was funny though. That was amazing. If, if you because... wanted a good, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if someone wants, it was like sorry. It was like. The censorship happens where, you know, like she takes her top off and whatever tips mm-hmm. are exposed. And I guess in the Blu-ray release, it's unexposed. But like the way when that comes up, her hands pop out over screen like she's watching it and she's embarrassed to see you watch it and just be like, nope, <laughs> you're not seeing that yet. <laughs> and I thought that was possibly the best bit of the whole episode. Hmm. So, hmm. but anyway, sorry, you're saying. <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say that the um, a good um, sex comedy which does feature a gal is uh, Galko Chan, yep. which is actually We've talked about genuine, it before. <laughs> generally yeah. just really funny, uh, free teenage women. Teenage women, I guess it, that actually yeah. sort of works. Works. It's talking about sex and and just sort of being not precious about it. Yeah, in a very innocent like I don't really know anything. The sort of sort of like high school rumors, like oh you. Mm. nipples are where your earlobes are and all that kind of stuff like yeah and and the whole like i mean it what it reminds me of is because i mean we all remember me watching show bitch and that also plays the same thing of like oh man teenagers don't actually know that much about sex uh even though they talk about it all the time and i feel like galco chan is like well let's let's like make the best of that of that world and show which is like wow what if that world was like pathetic and and shitty so yeah i don't know it's uh there's a lot of good sex comedy out there surprisingly i mean like i talk about seto kayaku and domo a lot uh but there's also a lot of bad stuff like show bitch or uh yamada's first time or shimonita or <laughs> and to quickly just dip back into uh domekano for just a sec like there's a, that that dynamic of like all the guys having this mm-hmm. this like idea of what sex is supposed to be like like the the fallout of that because it is like sort of a major theme in a lot of the side characters and yeah. i mean andy hasn't uh episode five has introduced a uh, momo um who is kind of uh, the closest thing they have to a gal character she's like uh, light light haired uh dresses um sort of fashionably and is quite quirky and like yeah the impression of everyone is of her of is pretty much that that she's like this um easy um uh woman and like they have all this all these rumors surrounding her and these very cruel teenage things and like we get a nice long teardown of why none of that is really the case um but I didn't want to talk about it too much because Andy hasn't hit that yet. But if you you want to cover that, Jeff, or, at all? Uh, no, I just wanted to say that it was a, another decent example of that. I don't really have that much else to say about it. I, I, I'll have to keep watching. Yeah. Uh, I mean, right now I should just point out like it's on like episode two or three or none, and it's not really done anything much to really uh, garner its first episode's reasonable greatness i guess like anyway yeah, but moving on to other films well speaking of speaking of more gross sex stuff jeff what have you been watching <laughs> uh so yeah i'm just gonna i think i'm i think i'm gonna just talk about kakaguri sure go for All it right. mm-hmm. so yeah okay so i've been watching kakaguri which is a show that i kind of like stress watched during a, a business trip last year and it was just like the perfect amount of like dumb and silly and fun that just kind of like took my mind off of like the stresses of travel and stuff like that. So what and is, what is it about? 
So it is about this, like, this elite high school, you know, the kind of high school that only exists in anime where, like, there are no adults. The whole place is run by the student council, but also the student council seems to have power over the world at large because, like, (laughs) these are all the, the kids of, like, you know, you know, captains of industry and politicians and doing well in the school means you do well in life and in society. But the student council president has, you know, instituted a system where, you know, your your status in school and in your grades and everything else are entirely determined by your ability to gamble. And so <laughs> it's it's a it's a really, really stupid premise. It's an anime high school though. Yeah. That's like everyone's like and our high school, the one way that you get that you succeed is by blank. Yeah, but so. what that means is that like every episode is basically just, or every little arc, anyways, is kind of like digging into like different kinds of gambling and different kinds of and like just like you know the the arch stakes of like you know you know by the end of the first episode it's like they're betting millions of dollars and then they're like you know oh now you know if you lose at this game you're gonna have all of your fingernails torn off or you're gonna be sold into slavery for your rest of your life and like they just kind of like keep upping the stakes but like i'm i'm a big sucker for a show where you have like these like really big conflicts with like you know everything's on the line but like it's not determined by violence and my favorite episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is the Darby the Gambler episode, which is just about them, like you know, they you know they have you know they're these big tough dudes with karate ghosts, but the whole thing is determined by like them doing stupid barroom like <laughs> bets, and that's yeah. what this show kind of comes down to. It's all about them, like you know, trying to head fake each other and like different ways of cheating and different ways of like manipulating people, and that's basically what the show is and like if you look at stills of the show and if you watch the op especially you're gonna think it's a lot hornier than it really is and like the but like the, well, i mean the principal character is like she's like this crazy girl who has all the classic like you know she's got the yandere hair that you get like issued to you when you get out of like crazy <laughs> girl academy school. or whatever yeah and you know they just they, they really lean into like you know like the thrill of gambling is like you know basically them getting like their rocks off and like some characters are like more like you know oh we use this as power and like you know they're and they're confused by why she's like this and other characters are like way on the other side of the spectrum where it's like all they want is this like you know this this sensual experience and like the whole thing is that what and another thing that i really like in general in anime is when you have sorry go ahead so gambling's like a high for them basically yeah and then yeah, the, like bigger, I, the bigger the get the the bigger they the more they have to lose the bigger the uh the ecstatic uh feeling is yeah yeah right, it makes sense i guess and one thing i'd like in general in shows as well is that when you have a like a godlike character who is just like better than everybody else at everything but you don't have access to their like interior life and it's more about like what's it like to be in the world where this other person exists and like their presence just introduces chaos into the world and like shakes the world apart and that's kind of what kakiguri does and it's just like this trashy show but it's a lot of fun yeah and so there's a second season that you're watching now 
it's just, well like the first season they like they went through and it's like you know she fights all the student council who all have their own like you know their own gambling idiom of course and then you know she faces off against the student council president and it ends in a draw and now the second season is like oh now there's a second secret student council pre- <laughs> oh wow they it's, all it's have medica their box own. cool yeah it's just Whoa. like it's here's some more kakaguri and it's just like fine I'll take it. <laughs> have you, sorry, this is like a really dumb tangent, but have you watched Medica Box, Jeff? Uh, is it by no. the same artist? No, it's just, it's, it's also had, it's just like they beat the student council and then there's like a second secret, even more powerful yeah, student yeah, council no. above I, it. I, was, uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of a common thing though. It's the same. Is, as, is uh, it? <laughs> well, it's just like, think, oh, this is popular just... and I've run out of the villains that I've introduced and I have nowhere to go with this. So let's just do it some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that also a thing in uh, Food Wars? I can't remember. I haven't it's watched like, Food Wars. They have yeah, like, I mean, well, I mean, like insert shonen anime here. It's yeah, the, yeah. it's basically that. <laughs> Medica ask... boxes, Medica boxes, Haruhi as a battle anime. That's that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh... Uh, last good thing Gynax did. Um, I was going to ask, have you seen? Um, you seen like Kaiji or Akagi? Or Joker's game, killing game, Joker killer game. Yeah, Joker's this is the exact conversation we had last time we talked about about Kakagurui. Yeah, and I haven't. Uh, I this is like <laughs> this is like the first gambling anime that I've really watched. And like, I'm, I and I, and I only just happened to watch it because you know I had access to Netflix, and I was just like, sure, I'll watch this. Yeah, and, and Netflix's anime selection this. is very is very specific. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I be- I believe that there's better things out there. But I haven't seen him. <laughs> just, just go, just go watch uh, Akagi uh, Kaiji. And Akagi. you said the same thing last time we talked about it. I promise you. I don't remember. In fact, you mixed up the two also again. That's so. well, because they're by the same author and they're in the same universe and they have some of the same people. So, Jeff, are you still watching this just because like it's a thing you saw but it has a two after it or is there like a, a hook does it not this season oh like, like i said like it 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 does a bunch of things that like if any show does these things i'll probably enjoy it and just continue to watch it so it continues to do those things so i continue to watch it incest there's uh, none of that <laughs> lots of fan service <laughs> thousand year old lolies god damn it uh, <laughs> okay none of those things are true of this show and also so of me <laughs> god damn it are you not in a thousand year lolly is that what you're saying <laughs> no i am not oh jeez okay well i'm really terrified ahead. of this persona of me that has grown <laughs> exclusively in the show well speaking of personas that grow outside of your control based on how other people perceive you how about we take a break and then move to our spotlight serial experiments lane I just like the fact that Jeff can make Kakagori sound like he's talking about Crash or something, like a Lynchian examination of the highs of gambling rather than (laughs) just a a trash. It is that, though. I thought you were talking about Crash Bandicoot then. I was like, what? (laughs) So many David Lynch's Crash Bandicoot. Yes, Yes, I want this. I I really want to, like, explore the, like, the bait-and-switch phenomenon of so many shows where it's, like... You know, here here is a PV, and like it's full of girls with big titties, and 
fan service and then you get actually get to the show and it's like oh and it's actually about all these other things and all that stuff in the pv was just to get you your ass in the seat like bunny girl was the same way quintessential quintuplets is very similar like it's just oh, like talk about it's just that. to get you there we'll do it next time yeah uh, uh also i got my lynch and my cronenberg mixed up <laughs> <laughs> i mean i didn't want to bring it up uh we're all embarrassed and we all yeah. um we all judge like- you it's like you didn't go to art school. And you don't seem to understand. A shame you seemed an honest man. And And we're back. For the second half of our podcast, we will be discussing our spotlight anime, 1998's Serial Experiments Lane, an anime produced by Triangle Staff and directed by Nakamura Ryutaro, based on a doujin by Abe uh, Yoshitoshi, I think? Yeah. Uh, Who's famous for other works such as Haibane Rinmei, Nia Under Seven, and Techno Lies. (laughs) So, Duncan, why don't you tell us why you pitched this anime? Well, I think in the end, the, the reason I pitched it is that it is both the well, the show which most makes me want to analyse it and both defies any real um, analysis. It It's like even from the very first thing we hear slash slash C, like that 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 cackling voice you ate in that your intro saying present day, present time, and just laughing at us. It, it's 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 like sets up this expectations of like grounding itself in the the era and time that it existed and then completely rejects like the concept of time and and sort of place <laughs> and it's like this this show which just i don't think it likes its audience and so it's that it's happy to just uh spends the first half have with this like mystery thriller uh thing going on and then just completely switches up, up into the second half and i'm just really intrigued what people will think of it and whether or not uh, the through line of the story will carry people through its philosophizing or whether the philosophizing will carry people through the story or or what so it's just i think it's got a lot of opportunity for people to take different things out of it and i'll be very interested to see where what things each of you has took right um so i have a very long relationship with lane that's part of why i picked it uh i at my first anime convention back in 2003 I I bought a box set from Genion of it. Uh, I thought you were going to say you cosplayed as Lane. (laughs) No. (laughs) There's not a lot of cosplay opportunities, although Lane was very popular for like a year there. (laughs) Because it's not hard. You just wear a a skirt and like a a camisole and do that thing to your hair. Yeah. It's like people cosplaying as Light and and L and you're just like, (laughs) fucking hell, you're just wearing jeans and a t-shirt and a funky wig. Like that's not, it's no effort. People should cosplay as whatever they want to, though. Anyway, um, so I I've I watched it and didn't understand it at all. And I guess this is probably the fourth or fifth time that I've watched this show. And I have a I've always liked it. I think that there's the, that trio of uh, late '90s millenarian anime uh, of 
Serial Experiments Lane, Revolutionary Girl Utna, and uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. And Lane kind of stands out as the one that is the most aggressively obtuse and overtly philosophical. Like, <laughs> Evangelion has sections where people lecture you about philosophy, and Utna has uh, sections where people lecture you, but nothing lectures you quite like Lane does, where it literally <laughs> sets everything down yeah. to do a PowerPoint about Majestic 12 and Vannevar Bush <laughs> uh, in, the, in the ninth episode. Uh, but I don't know. I like how obscure it is. I like that it really captures a lot of the anxiety of uh, of the late 90s and this kind of technological advancement and this first opportunity that people had to exchange ideas through the internet, which often meant that, as we've seen today, that people are exchanging conspiracy theories and other sort of mm. paranoid fantasies. And just this kind of this buzz that something was was going to happen and soon um, and that anything could happen uh, if technology kept head progressing how it would. Um, and at the same time, it's this it's it is actually despite being very much grounded in the anime and anxiety of the late nineties, it also is a fairly prescient mm-hmm. look at, yeah. at how like online identity and presence and discourse can shape the world. Uh, once it, becomes exclusively about the nature of digital godhead in the last few episodes (laughs) that kind of gets thrown in the trash uh but until then and even through that point in small touches it continues to be just a very inaccessible uh unwelcoming work uh with characters who stare and don't say anything and shuffle around except when they do literally lecture you for five minutes straight uh about about you know the ideas that are nominally being presented by this anime. So yeah, I thought it would be good to talk about because it's it's a show that's hard to reach a consensus on. Uh, and I I guess I would just like to hear what other people think as well. Uh, one thing I thought was really striking, especially for a thing that was from the 90s, is this degree of like techno-pessimism as a, you know, as a force, you know, the ability for technology to set people free rather than ruin their lives because like on the, you know, on the macro scale, you know, there's this big metaphysical plot about how, you know, the human mind is going to evolve and all this other stuff. But also on the small scale, it's just about how becoming extremely online and internet <laughs> famous just ruins Lane's life. And yeah. if you kind of ignore all the digital Godhead stuff, like that story in in itself is what sort of pulled me through. And I just kind of like tolerated the tolerated yeah, the, the techno babble. Yeah, the, that, that, <laughs> that plot of the first uh, six episodes is almost uh, like a deep fake ruining someone's life. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's tracks really scarily well to uh some of the some of the worst trends in modern <laughs> yeah. and not even necessarily a, a deep fake but like you know when in the late knots when people were starting to become youtube stars and you know certain subgroups just kind of like obsessively like went over people's like you know videos and their videos started like addressing that audience specifically and then they got tracked down and it ruined their lives like you know this online persona sort of overtook their lives and sort of like wrecked their real life relationships and everything else. And like, usually in the nineties, like, you know, when you get online, like, you know, you, you know, this is also the era of like 
the you know like the matrix and cyberpunk where like the more online you are the more powerful you are whereas in this case like the more online you are the more you know like the end of the show it's literally them rejecting the idea of connecting like this and like you know what if what if we don't do instrumentality what if we what if we get away from that it's funny (laughs) that you invoked i mean i was gonna make a just a delete your twitter joke but uh actually think that better is like yeah because all all three of the works i mentioned uh utina evangelion and lane have this kind of burgeoning instrumentality where where people become interconnected and kind of the world becomes a single if not a physical organism than a mental organism and they all reject it in different ways uh utina rejects it by just saying like no i don't want that and i'm the hero of my own story and evangelion also in my uh, car <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie. It's different. You'll oh, understand okay. someday. Uh, uh, you think you're the only person who can turn into a car, but an Evangelion uh, Shinji basically realizes that it won't actually solve his problems for everyone to be connected. And Lane has a kind of the most the most difficult to parse and also interest interestingest uh, rejection of instrumentality of the idea that people can be connected, and there can be no barriers to communication, and everyone can feel each other's feelings freely and and information will have no limits and also she's just kind of like sorry, oh was, some information's to... shitty so yeah and also just like the rejection of the like the totally rational totally logical mind separate from the body mm-hmm. uh which you know again like you know internet edgelords want to tell you that you know i'm using reason and logic and that makes me better than you whereas lane rejects that idea and says like you know the body and this you know the sensual experience of life is also important and rejecting that for more power is not going to make you you know you 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 basically become a a being of pure external validation which is kind of like where the you know the evil computer programmer god you know the fact that you know the villain is a like a frustrated office worker. We see him at the end of the show when yeah. everything's been reset, and he's just like, "I hate this fucking job. I hate this fucking job. I should quit today. I'm going to quit today." And it's like that's that was the god of the internet was a guy who's, who like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just hates his job and thinks the world sucks. And yeah, I so let's go quickly over over the plot uh, for people who have chosen not to watch 13 episodes of extremely dense uh, late 90s millenarian paranoid techno. Uh, metaphor Babble. yeah <laughs> uh so uh, a girl in the titular character lane's class kills herself and after she does uh she is email people begin to receive emails from her and lane decides uh the emails say uh like come with me on the internet it's like great here <laughs> and <laughs> lane decides like huh well i'm gonna it's interesting that she doesn't like okay but she does just like okay i'm just gonna learn about this internet to see to see if this is like a good deal or not and she gets sunk into this web of conspiracies with a group called the knights of eastern calculus and the men in black and the office worker who commands them and uh eventually encounters uh this this programmer who killed himself who apparently encoded his thoughts and memories into the network protocol that commands the wired which is this universe's version of the internet uh, at a time when the internet was only really being apprehended fully and just in recent years as like a global network of data that had come into being uh and she discovers uh that she is nominally not real and is in fact 
a Computer holographic program. or physical projection of a gestalt of all these like different uh, social and technological forces that are at work in the wired uh, and is offered godhood but rejects it uh, and decides instead to delete people uh, people's memory of her from her uh, from the internet so that she can just kind of go on watching humanity and just seeing how they develop without making this sort of like mass exodus uh, literally uh, killing themselves in the real world so they can become part of this great uh, digital god that's arising in the internet. That's as good of a summary as I can do of a show that does not <laughs> yeah. does not really uh, yeah. happen in strictly linear order or with strictly linear things. Because there is the whole thing of like, oh, you don't just have memories of the past. We have memories of the present or the future, too, which is sounds like bullshit. But at least in the, the logic of the show is very consistent that people there is like the prophecy and the events, which we'll talk about a lot later. I have yeah. extensive <laughs> notes on that scene. <laughs> Go ahead, I, Andy. I, no, I... And he hates this show. <laughs> I fucking loathe this show. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Um, I around like episode uh, like ten or so, Ben was like, "You should take notes." So I did. First note I wrote: <laughs> Xanadu must be a fan of ELO. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's a very you know you know you know Xanadu exists besides <laughs> ELO. No, in Xanadu, Kublai Khan, a stately pleasure dome, did Xanadu, decree. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't challenge. That's, that's, don't challenge uh, Andy to a, 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 a memeing contest because you won't win. So what did? So what didn't you like about this, Andy? Was it just like too obscure and weird for you? It wasn't obscure. It wasn't weird. It was intensely boring and frustratingly slow. I it is very slow. I cannot yeah. argue with the slowness. I, yeah. The amount of times that there is just a pan across a scene, a pan across like someone's face, it feels very much like they don't have enough material that fills out 30 minutes. So why didn't you just, I don't know, shorten it down and then uh, make it either a shorter series of about six episodes, which I felt would have been a better span for this uh, story. Uh, and... Or just, you know, just fucking not do it. Like, it, I, or just make it a shorter, like shorter episodes. I just really hated that it was really slow, really boring. Um, I then also hated that about 11, episode 11, was it? Where it was like the infomancy or something. It then did uh, what felt like a 15 minute um, music video. Yes, which... that was that was what I was thinking of when you're saying like why don't they edit down? They definitely did not have enough they should they had enough material, I would say it most generously for eleven episodes, which is how we get the the Van of our Bush slideshow and the like twelve minute music video se- sequence. Uh, that is just clips of from the yeah, show it's just, up it's to just, that point. It's just everything <laughs> that's happened. And I'm just like if you and what's more is it felt like that was literally all the animation that they did for the last ten mm-hmm. episodes too. I thought the first six episodes were very good for um, getting those looping gifts that you put on like future wave disco punk like YouTube uh, films, where you just have like a radio DJ playing on the background, like the when they're in the car. Uh, I really hated the majority of what felt just like anime discovers Photoshop After Effects with the fucking like. <laughs> See, I I like that. I felt it was appropriate for what they were doing. <laughs> Like okay, so it looks horrible. That's that's admittedly true. It, 
No, I like love the, I love the art style of the of the characters and stuff. I, the art I love style's they... alright, but it's so inconsistent. Arisu has about three different faces and three different hairstyles, and I genuinely didn't realize uh, that the person entering the house was Arisu because, or as is on the, her fucking like dumb mobile phone, Alice, which is just like her name is Arisu. I like for some reason they translated it as. A R I S U, which I mean, mm-hmm. long, I don't know why, but... because because the whole idea is like Alice in Wonderland is yeah, why she's named Alice, so... but they don't, but Trust the translators me. don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Alice, in... yeah. Which again, just like, uh, so yeah, so so that really that really uh, irritated me when I actually put uh, episode eleven is a self indulgent wank fest, fucking garbage, uh, and then the last episode, fuck, she's actually talking to the viewer. What a fucking farce. Alice's design kept changing throughout, sometimes even hair colours changing with terrible consistency, which I did really loathe. Like, the end was fine when it was, like, her in the future and she married the teacher. Um, but, like, during it, she has... Wait, like, wait, 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 was that the teacher? Really? Yeah. 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 No, I didn't get that. I've watched the show five times, I didn't get that. <laughs> but Andy sort of undermined himself because he was able to tell it was Arasu in the future. There was enough consistencies in no, the no, design. Andy's, Andy's just good with voices. Andy's good with voices. That's what it is. No, right, Andy? She says, she says that her name is Arisu. Yeah, I needed them to say that because I did not get it. I get was like, is that, <laughs> is that the sister or is that Alice? I can't no, the tell. No, sis- the sister's fucked up. She's the poor sister. I, I that's mean, probably the best episode of the show, do you uh, think? It's definitely the most disturbing. Yes. Um, that's like, just... that's the, the, the sister's whole episode is like, what happens if your memory is rewritten but badly? It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's not like, because like one of the plot contrivances is that Lane's been sort of given to this family and part of Lane's memory's been rewritten so she thinks they are her real family but they're not and the mother and father are aware of that but the the sister isn't and what this 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 episode is is that sort of rewriting of the sister's memory slowly unraveling and like her personality of how she was and her personality of how she is slowly disconnecting as and as she feels it happening and it's like oh yeah. that's like a really weird horrible situation to imagine like the slow dawning horror of you not being who you are it's like i i thought i, I thought i'm i'm duncan I'm, I'm i'm not duncan what the fuck <laughs> well there is there is the idea that what i think one of the thing the thing that lane most interestingly attacks in terms of thematic weight is like who are you how do you know that you're you? What happens if you find another you? Like, like what is, like, is Nate, is identity, like, a kind of, like, holistic, self-consistent concept? Or can, like, anyone, can anyone pretend to be Jeff if they just talk a lot about Monogatari and insist <laughs> that they uh, aren't into porny, <laughs> porny show today anime? Uh, like, like, how do, like, how do we, how do we understand ourselves to be ourselves, not someone else? And I think that it's interesting that Lane um, goes very far on the idea that identity is reproducible and and corruptible and like anyone can if anyone says they're lane they can be lane and when lane doesn't behave as herself people are just like oh weird you're not acting like yourself today like there's no idea that like like once once you're identified as lane like that that identity is is holistic and you can be like the weird thuggish sociopathic lane yeah. or the like dumb staring child lane or somewhere in between and people still uh, see that as given but at the end of the show uh we have 
we have this idea that like no like that's why like bodies are important people aren't just software they're also they're like beings with with needs and desires beyond just their mental presence on the internet and that is why like an entirely digital world is dangerous because it undermines the idea of identity as like a non-reproducible phenomenon and i think that the fifth episode uh where the knights torture uh mika uh lane's older sister into basically just a catatonic trance as her sense of identity is destroyed um, by people who are much more online than her. I don't know. I, I really enjoy the episode. That's also the episode with the the conversations with the doll, the mask, the mother, and the father, which I think are in a show where people lecture you a lot. Is It is the, the point where they most lay out their themes as the, the most important things mm. at work in the show. Mm-hmm. And I've got them all written down. <laughs> <laughs> The idea, the idea that events are are prefaced by prophecy, like before the thing happens, we know the thing happens, and that is the fundamental function of history. The idea that history is not a linear series of events, but is a series of discrete happenings that we string into a narrative. Uh, the mother uh, is the one who uh, describes the wired as a brain, and vice versa. That that neural networks can be reproduced, uh, not just through cells interacting as part of an organ or people interacting as part of a society, but even just the world itself and the idea of the world brain, which mm-hmm. is a super nineties thing. Yeah. 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 Like uh, the, that we yeah, never like, hear these days. Yeah. Like the Roswell paranoia and the MJ 12 stuff. Like I like the fact that like you were saying, you know, history is a series of incidents that you tie together and call history. And they just kind of say, you know, they they tell you about Roswell, they tell tell you about Gaia theory, they tell you about MJ twelve, but they don't tell you why they're saying that, and they just kind of leave it to you to like fill in the blanks and like figure out, oh, that's why these things are happening. Again, I didn't like that. I just thought that most of it was just like them trying to be really sort of self indulgent, really self clever, and being like, oh, really great guys, check this check this research out that I did like twenty minutes ago on non Wikipedia because that doesn't <laughs> exist in nineteen eighty. It doesn't. And then and then they just they don't answer any questions. I really didn't like that. There were so many things that were introduced that just went nowhere. Uh, like you know the random mother who just was a brotherhood and just died for no reason. Like. The fucking weird drug thing that they took in the second episode that caused him to shoot himself, but was never explained more than, hey, it's a drug, or is it a drug? It's not a drug, maybe. Mm, who cares? Not me. Um, like, it just introduces all these things and then just disband, like, abandoned them as soon, and I want to say as soon, but it's actually fucking glacials forever. Like, uh, <laughs> as they get introduced. And I, I don't think it's asking any interesting or. Uh, new questions. I would it deeply could... disagree with that. My yeah. God. In 90... <laughs> Asking these questions in 1998? How yeah. old are you right. in 1998, Andy? I didn't fucking watch it in 1998. I watched it in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> There's better stuff out there that's done the same things. I, it, I, I felt that it was We'll come not... back to that later, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Like other other cyberpunk anime that we could be talking just, about. But very for now... To, very quickly push back on the idea that the, the drugs introduced and then discarded as, as like a a plot device never used again. I think like that's a big setup for stuff which follows like this right, idea right. that he you're taking this machine into yourself and you're connecting to the net is like this whole thing they play on time and time and again like this this whole subplot about the knights trying to um poison lane into wiping her own memory by giving her this chip to install in her 
which her, again her rig, is, which is once doesn't, which, doesn't make sense. Like it's it's memory, it's software, it's not fucking hardware that you plug in. Like yeah, it, but... it's that sort of bullshit <laughs> thing that really irritated me. Same with like that dumb woman who's like, oh, I got. I got a fucking graphics card from the Brotherhood, and I only know that because they fucking stamped their seal on the motherboard themselves. It's like <laughs> that is a dumb bit, but that's just helping you out. <laughs> why, if you're a fucking secretive organization, would you put your dumb little logo, which looks like a weird ant mixed with a double helix? Uh, I, like, I will, I, I will give of... Andy credit that like I thought that the knights are actually kind of the weakest part of the of the meta plot, like this this secret society of hackers. Because in the beginning, when they're just like. We don't know if the knights are real, or if they're multiple people, if they're one person, if they're just kind of like, and this this idea won't be articulated for five more years, but a standalone complex of people imitating, don't laugh at me, how dare you? Uh, but like the idea of people imitating this like this like style of, of hacktivism. And then, unfortunately, they go for the most boring thing, which is just like, it's, it's like a mom and a guy in an office. And a fat guy at home, and, that, <laughs> and, a, and that's a guy, like a weird guy walking through uh, Akiba. Which but he wants to, he wants to be a knight, but they yeah, kill yeah, him oh, instead. That's right, they kill him because fucking why not? Let's have some <laughs> let's have some dramatic tension at the end of an episode. Like, I, I I agree that like the knights are the are the sign of like the weakest part of Lane's plotting, which is I that mean, they they're, they're willing to throw everything at the wall and see like if anything sticks, great. I didn't even ahead. understand if they were bad guys, good guys, or what the fuck they were. Like, one time they're with Lane, they're poisoning Lane. Like, I didn't care. And then at the end, this is the biggest thing. I just didn't care. I didn't care about anybody <laughs> or anyone or anything. And I just wanted it to be over. And then the fact that, like, the last episode, it does the worst thing that any pretentious anime can try and do, which is talk to the viewer, like, in a fourth-person wall-breaking way, being like, ooh, now you remember Lane. It's like, fuck off. Just... Fuck off. I can't no, I liked, I, I liked that you. bit. You're wrong, Andy. Oh, Sorry. fuck off. It's the worst. It's like, and they also introduce like the, every, every episode has that beginning bit where it's like, where it's like scene of a town, scene of a, like a flashing light. And then like that, that, and then people walking and a taxi going and they do that same cut every episode. And then it just goes nowhere. There is no payoff for that, like, one minute of repeated scene. I can't uh, believe that you say there's no payoff in this anime because there's so much payoff all the time. There's fucking none. There's such... It's such Guys, back me up. There's, there's... There is, yeah. Yes. I, there's nothing. <laughs> Thanks, there's, Jeff. There's Thanks, Jeff. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay, unless... Look, if you think that it's deep and meaningful, that Lane... That they don't say, present time, present whatever, and instead they have Lane being like... Ooh, ooh, now you remember me for who I really am. It's Your like, brain's been hacked, Andy. I'm sorry. Oh, Everyone's <laughs> fucking brain's been hacked by this garbage anime. It's not garbage. <laughs> you're wrong. Oh, I fucking loathed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I just really, yeah, d- didn't like this anime at all. Um, and I don't understand why anybody did. I, I, I don't know anything. Didn't know anything about it going in. Uh, I should just point out. Only knowing that people in England really like it, and it's one of those weird anime. Just England. That or the West. I don't know. I don't know whether Japan <laughs> likes it. I get the impression that they've just forgotten it as a weird like nineties quirk, and like, yeah, let's not go back to there again. Um, <laughs> like, I just get the impression that they don't give a fuck about this series because it was a weird one-off, and it could have just been like a thing where over the West it 
got really popular for no reason, apart from it was something that was on and a bit different from everything else. <laughs> it's a lot th- different from everything I else. Say, I think what like and Ben bringing up uh, uh, Eva in, in connection with this is like over time, Eva, like uh, Anna has said, like I got, people have like ignored the actual meaning of of the show and have just con- concentrated on the the big robots fighting, and that's the only thing they've took out of it. Well, Lane's what happens if you make a show without the big robots fighting, and so people have took absolutely nothing. But, but from even Hedden. but even then, like Ava, at least has. Interesting themes and stuff that's tackled in a well. Yes, in a way. Right. Man, really, there are, there are really so many interesting themes in this. Films. Come on, man. They're not. They're really boring. It's like, who's Lane? I don't know. I don't care. Oh, you're a program. Oh well. Moving on. Andy, like, I think you're. I think fact, you're confusing themes you don't care about with themes that aren't there. <laughs> Just putting that out there. The like fact, the there fact are... that the fact that the god was destroyed in like a sentence which has been like well are you really a god if somebody maybe created you to do this he was like oh my god you're totally right i'm a fucking genius but i didn't think of this one fallacy but, but he's that means not I'm a going genius. to try and destroy you he's like, not a god though that's bullshit. the point <laughs> <laughs> and let's go ahead and focus on like what other people have to say though <laughs> i know that you want to turn another spotlight to how much you hated what we watched I, I, this is why i didn't say anything for so long because i just <laughs> turning it into a hate fest which is i feel like what i've always been which i've been doing a lot I mean, recently well so, so I'm, I'm saying i'm saying like lane is like Lane doesn't care if you enjoy it, which is which is what makes it very just, hard to recommend to people, and was ha- what has kind of made mm-hmm. it a fetish object online, at least mm-hmm. like back in the early two thousands. Like it was like, oh, this anime is so like weird and difficult and strange, and I think but that I, it's kind of been overblown a bit. That like there are parts of Lane that I think don't work. I honestly think that like the whole meditation of like what is a god, and in general, just the the Japanese obsession with like a god has to have followers to be a god else it's just an omnipotent omnipresent being mm-hmm. i don't understand that <laughs> distinction but it's one that that anime in general and lane specifically cares a lot about uh but this I idea just, that the knights are the worshippers for the I, yeah for I mean, the god you, you say that they're difficult themes i don't think they are i just don't think they're maybe they're just to me they're just not very interesting themes like it's. I don't think anything is very difficult or of or obtuse, apart from the fact that it's slow and boring, uh, and nothing happens for absolutely ages, and then a guy materializes and then gets destroyed by computers. Like, it's it's nothing. It's really nothing. I just didn't like it. But I, you know, I will admit that the 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 fact that there was a, already a talk at like whenever this was done, ninety eight. Uh, about fake, like false truth and fake news, I thought that was quite interesting that that mm-hmm. had already mm-hmm. been theorised. But apart from that, I just thought that there was nothing interesting or meaningful in this whole show. I just thought well, it, was it, a waste it, it is time. interesting that this. It, I, I think a lot of what is truly interesting this time that I've watched Lane is the stuff that is just like predicting our online landscape mm-hmm. uh, 21 years ahead of time yeah. where like the idea of the existence of trolls and existence of like sock puppet accounts and the idea. Yeah. All, all the, all the stuff that, that involves like Lane wondering like who is the, per- like I I'm Lane herself is obviously not the one like appearing in the sky. She's on the ground looking at it. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? And one thing that I thought was like particularly interesting in terms of like the, weird x-files chrome that that bespeckles lane is all that shit about about psychics the like the episode where just like she goes and she's an old man Mm -hmm. in like a sunny dream where he talks about like having psychics and 
what I was thinking while I was watching this is like, oh, this would not have been a necessary plot point um, if this sh- <laughs> this would not have been a necessary plot point if the show was made literally weeks later because the very last episode of Lane aired on September twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight. Which is incidentally the same day that uh, the Wi-Fi consortium announced its Wi-Fi standard, um, and and like created the idea of like internet that can be transferred through the air rather than through lines. And so it's like the, they had to have this whole thing about like psychics and kids and the vibrations of the earth and the frequency of yeah. human thought. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh well, literally the last episode aired on the same day that like, oh, we can just send information through the air uh, at any level of complexity you want. And yeah. so it's just kind of. There it's, is. It's on the cusp of something. I think that there are parts where it is kind of disappointingly like '90s and wonky. I'm sure that yeah. Jeff has plenty to say about that. And but, well, I mean, the yeah, obviously a lot of the things that it touches on, like trolls, like cyberbullying, like these are things that existed in the '90s, but they were in such a such a small scale. And the the fact that they were able to like so well project what it would look like at a, like at a societal scale was impressive. Especially you know, like I was saying at the time, like you know when most people were thinking of the internet as being this liberatory force like the the backlash against that hadn't really started to appear yet and you know lane you know largely hit the nail on the head quite nicely and i I quite liked it and i don't know if this was just like a product of the 90s or if it was just something that you know the you know the harsh fist of capital has <laughs> worn down in the industry in general but like in the west and uh in anime in general like there was a lot more just weird alienating psychodrama shows that would just like dip way into the weeds just kind of like either trust you or just be completely uninterested in you coming along with it and like cuz like this show kind of reminded me a lot of the like those weird cartoons that they would show on MTV at midnight. Oh yeah. Like uh like Aeon Flux and The Max and stuff like that. Like some of those were anime, some of those were made here, but like those shows that were just like, you know, completely, you know, self-satisfied to like like because there was no real feedback that you could get from fans. It was just, you know, mm-hmm. what does my producer think of this? What are they going to let me get away with? You know, oh, this is being shown at midnight. I can just do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> And also, like, David Lynch was much more of a, like, a present and, like, affecting force on culture and, in general. And just, like, and being Cronenberg. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, just, like, the but idea it, that you yeah. can just be weird and people will think you're smart. And then sometimes you were and sometimes you weren't. And it's interesting because, like, I think that... Well, first off, I think that they're, like, first off, the fact that Lane is, like, what if we make our own technodystopia, which I think is probably the most prescient prescient thing that it has to say is like what if we're the bad ones what if we like make the internet a a cesspool of like conspiracy theories and hate and hatred and just like confusing misinformation Mm -hmm. uh but also just like i i don't know i i highly recommend anyone who's listening to this and finds it intriguing like don't just check out serial experiments lane but all of the stuff that uh abe yoshitoshi has made like Nia Under Seven is a great examination of like alienation and depression and living with someone with a severe mental illness. Haibane Rinmei is is like a meditation on like what happens when we die, but in a very like unsentimental way. 
and I've never seen Technolize, but I will someday, which is like, <laughs> which is apparently his weakest work. Yeah, it's it it's T T T E X H N O L Y Z E Technolize. Um, Are you sure you, pronounce, he, you sure you say the X? It's not Tenolize. Oh God, damn it, Andy! No one's gonna get that joke. Um, but that one is also just like. I think it actually kind of has a bit of overlap with Land of the Lustrous, which is a very weird line. But like the idea of like, as we replace ourselves with prosthetics, like what part of us are we giving away when we, when we remove these parts of our body and like what, what part of self is contained within this. So all of his works are kind of just like in like a late stage capitalist society where we are literally encouraged to like destroy our minds and, and dice up our bodies. Like, how do we preserve our sense of self? And that's kind of, I think the main main thing that he's interested in in his works. And so all of them have this, this extreme sense of anime and extreme sense of alienation and depression and just exhaustion. And I think that Lane's probably the purest, although it's not my favorite. We should watch Taibana Renme someday mm. for a spotlight. He's, uh, been, he's been quite quiet. Has he actually done anything in like the past 10 years even? He's he's a graphic. He doesn't always work with anime. These are All of these are based on Dojin that he wrote. Yeah. Um, and he, he kind of is like, I think, very involved in the Japanese version of like the zine community sort of thing where he's not really like, he doesn't want to do mainstream stuff. Um, and he's and he's like best friends with Chiaki J Konaka, um, who uh, is his, is the pin name of Konaka Chiaki. He puts the J there to make it sound Western. Um, but he's like, he is, I think, the one that is probably the the big deal. Where he like, he did he wrote the script for Helsing and for Big O and for Air Gear and uh, Ghost Hound. Uh, and Parasite Dolls. He wrote the script for Parasite Dolls, so he's like also like a big force in that too. And he's the one who, like, I think is the person who keeps dragging uh, Yoshitoshi Abe into the mainstream. And then Abe is like, no, I want to want to write obscure comics. The kind that'll make Andy really angry. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Like I. It's it's a very. I think Lane is interesting because it's kind of like a supergroup anime before we. We knew that these people were like big deals because it also has uh, uh, Ryutaro Nakamura, who is the guy who did uh, Kino's Journey, which I didn't like, but I acknowledge <laughs> as, a, as a work of artistic merit. <laughs> Gotta count and those scan lines. You respect it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, it's, it's interesting because Triangle, uh, Triangle Studios, that was Triangle Staff, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like closes after after Nia Under Seven, and they don't they don't like they were making like weird, edgy shit that never really came punk to pass. And so it's kind of oh. yeah, and so it's interesting that they they did like this punk rock stuff, but it's at the same age as like um, Boogie Pop Phantom comes out two years later, uh, uh, Technolize comes out, and and Ghost and Shell Sandal Complex come out three years later. Uh, Paranoia Agent is one year after that, and then Ergo Proxy is two years after that. So we do have this kind of like moody, extremely philosophical cyberpunk renaissance happening, and I think that Lane is the vanguard of that, as yeah. opposed to just kind of general millenarian angst yeah, that and fueled Utna and Evangelion and stuff. It's mm. interesting you mentioned Boogie Pop because obviously that's just had a yeah. reinvention, and I think it it it's along with Lane had quite a like this interest in urban myths and yeah and i think 
the the thing which has obviously changed since both of those were made and which perhaps Lane was more prescient about is is the idea of like an urban myth is kind of just then they're not local anymore they've 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 right. changed from being things whispered in schools to being things written in chat booms and or or screened by Alex Jones unfortunately yeah. so <laughs> it's, it's like the the shoot, club shooting in 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 lane is like this oh yeah is is like that's definitely got resonances with like alienated young people uh, getting weapons and going into uh, places and just taking it out on those they they think are persecuting them uh, yeah no, it's and it's also interesting too because it is like still very 90s where it's like if you take too much drugs you'll become a mass shooter which is <laughs> <laughs> which is very much the 90s way of saying that but i do agree that like yeah like i think lane a, a lot of what i'm fond of with lane is the weird art style which we can't we can't go usually yeah. i kind of am not a big like music and art person when we talk about our spotlights but like Lane's weird character designs with their super detailed eyes and their like weird under detailed faces and everyone just looks <laughs> kind of vaguely off model. But then the the background drawing is what's amazing, um, where just like wires everywhere. The shadows mm-hmm. have like weird blooms of like red and brown and green in them. So it just looks like anything that's in shadow is rotting. Um the main sound design is just like the hum of electrical wires. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't like the sound design either. No, oh no, really, the Simpsons are really, Andy, Andy doesn't like good things. I'm sorry, it's not everybody. Good, so you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, okay, I will, I will take that back. I'm sure it was good at the time. I think that now, as a person who's just watched it, I don't think it's aged well. Like Final Fantasy VII. Um, there's, uh, How dare I think... you? This is this is easily the Final Fantasy VIII of anime. Oh, you're right. It's a lot moodier uh, and, uh, <laughs> and and also completely forgettable. Um, <laughs> this, is not, this show is not forgettable this is going to be your show bitch andy i guarantee it i, I probably won't because i'll never think about this terrible show again um like it it was just like the the like when she's sort of having an argument in the internet and then she knocks over all the things and there's no sound to that and i'm sure that people could argue yeah but that's the point it's in the internet world but i just really didn't like that there was like no, it felt like there was no budget for the sound whatsoever. Like, I mean, there's no budget for talk. anything. A lot, a lot of these, like a lot of the artists, pan over stills, like a vast amount, more so that, than even in the late '90s. That was ev- but e- even with those stills. <laughs> even with those stills, though, they 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 were all really distorted and strange perspectives. They were never like a just a, a, no, a, 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 just stri- a shot shot down. Andy, Andy, let people who like the anime talk for a bit. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, no, no! Never! Never! <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. It's like they do very Sorry. distorted shots, Sorry. like almost not, not fisheye lens, but like not seeing it from like a weird hidden camera almost like they're they're very intrusive to the environment and don't quite feel like they're right and i like i i i know you, the the sound See, design I, isn't nice but it's it's effective oh, it's not it, that's why it, it's there is like no this sound of that. How can you? This it has this constant oppressive hum of yeah. of the wires and this roar of the white noise is every time that and like those are, those are not pleasant sounds and they are not. No, they're not. That's, but the that's the bloody point. Fucking hell! 
Can we? I thought we. Please see Keyframe's uh, Flowers of Evil episode for yeah. <laughs> Ben and Duncan's disagreements with Andy. Over the, uh... I mean, I, th- I think I don't, I don't. No, I don't want. I don't want to just. I don't want to discredit Andy by saying that like Andy just doesn't like like aesthetically unpleasant anime. But I do think that like Lane is. I, a... I mean, but that's not true. I do like some <laughs> aesthetically unpleasant anime. Like what? Uh, if you like... say Komodo Friends, I'm, I'm ending this call right now. I'm just going to revive. Bye, Ben. See you. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say, God, that one about the two cats. Oh, what was that fucking called? Cheese Kem- Sweet Home? No. Kem- Komodo no, Friends. I want to say Cat Shit 1, but I don't think it's called that. I think I know the I one fucking, you're talking about. The, the one, uh, it's like it's like an adult cat and a younger cat, and it's like super simplistic childish drawings, and then it's all about like how one the kid died and like him letting go. I think catch it once, like the like the army thing oh, with fuck, cats. That is, yeah, that's like the, uh, the Iraq War with pets. Wait, is this like CG cats? Cat well, soup. Cat soup. That's the badger. Yeah. This is why I'm the host, guys. <laughs> <laughs> cat soup. No. So, you know, uh, but like I, I love I like I think that it, I just like how austere and unpleasant the like visual and sonic scape of of uh, landscape of Lane is, where she goes outside and it's just like blinding white and like ugly patchy shadows, and there's the hum of of power lines and they but like then how really do you explain like the detailed like cityscapes where that that's in like full colored and media res and the vibrant neon lights and all that kind of I shit mean, it doesn't always have to be the same thing to be to, to be part of the the landscape i don't know but i i do like i think especially because this takes like hideki ano's obsession with like power lines as kind of a as kind of a cage holding us in and just a, and extends that visual metaphor yeah like well like i mean the idea is that like before you've even had someone tell you, which they do, unfortunately, repeatedly, and I think this is one of the weaker things where, like, the the wired is everywhere. But, like, no, for the past, like, nine episodes, they've been showing that because the wires are everywhere. And we can always see, like, Lane looks up repeatedly and just like, oh, where I'm standing is crisscrossed with these with these power lines. What about what about the amazing line when they were like, where, I suggest you run to a place where the wire doesn't exist. Where's that? Nowhere! And then they walk off and then the two people die or get their eyes bled out or something and then they zoom in and what's in there? Oh, it's Lane. <laughs> I liked I liked that scene too. Like, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna make apologies. I thought I thought the salary man was an was an interesting character. I like that you can have a you can have a villain that's just named the salary man or the office worker mm-hmm. as like the bad guy. And he like vets lane by being like i can't figure out how to put my computer together and i'm too old to buy a navi and she's like oh we'll just change these three jumper settings which got me just like this weird rush because i am old enough to like have to worry about jumper settings for (laughs) for a computer uh and she had the long tweezers that you use for jumper settings god i i mean building computers yo (laughs) i i like i like that slow that representation that lane is learning about computers and is becoming a person who is in like getting invested but then you know like adisu is like oh but lane remember the last time you did something like this i'm really worried about you lane i'm really really worried and then that went nowhere it was just like 
Oh, it I went do somewhere. It just, it just it didn't does. go to a place you liked. <laughs> Where did it go then? Because I don't. Because it was never brought up again. They because never Ari, that's, it again. that's how Ari. That's why Lane like left Arisu's or Alice. I'm just gonna kind of call her Alice. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the fuck the police. Fight the power, Alice. Uh, like that's why she left Alice's memories intact. And it's what like it drove Alice to this like kind of weird psychosis because like. Lane thought she was doing her a favor by leaving with all her memories with her because, like, Alice is the one who cares and notices things with Lane. Um, and, and it ends it, up being a cruelty. Ended, and then it ended with the tropey as fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was being a good friend, but actually I'm a really bad one. <laughs> Sometimes people are bad friends, Andy. <laughs> Jeff, you were saying... <laughs> uh, oh, I was just going to say, the the moments where they were in the, the weird impressionistic like streetscape where like everything was blinding white and all the uh the shadows are like glowing i always read that as not being a literal space or that was like some kind of dreamscape because there there was like a pretty sharp difference between like the real world and the wired and that was like a weird liminal space where like when she because that was the first time that she sees and interacts with the the god as the well. The dumbest looking god in the world, unfortunately. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah, like, like when she like has like over his belly. duct yeah. tape clown. <laughs> and like she has her like psychic freak out and blows up the the power lines around her, and that was like the only time we really saw her powers manifest in the real world, and that's why I kind of like thought that was a weird sort of dreamscape. What about well, she also so blows up the blows up yeah. the knights goggles with yeah. some oh, sound yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, like, and then there's a bit where she's hiding and then like everything explodes around her as well. Oh my god, you mixed up with something else that I watched. You're thinking of Cat Shit 1. Ah, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'd always no, I, like... I, okay, this is the most pretentious thing that I like in Lane. It's all pretentious. Uh, so buckle up, is when um, shut up Andy <laughs> is when is when she meets the god and then they have a conversation where each one is saying what the other one's going to say. Oh, and yeah. like that shit yeah. was that shit was nourishing mother's milk to me. I love that. <laughs> uh, just like because they're both omnipotent, like web pseudo gods, and they're trying to like show like both try to like show up to the other that they that they have more command over the flow of information there. And it, it like there's no payoff where she's just like, Nope, you ain't shit. Uh and he's like, I am shit. And that's <laughs> that's really it. But it's I don't know. I, I like there are I so many like things I like in Lane that I like it in bit. it's not a matter of the parts being more the, the whole being more than some of its parts. There's just like a lot of parts. I like all those parts. Uh I don't care about the whole. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, I don't I didn't like any of the parts or the whole i just thought it was a big waste of i don't know i i'm not gonna shit on it i'm just gonna stop it's it was it was very <laughs> much gl- not my thing i'm uh, glad and... I'm, I'm not i'm not surprised andy i'm glad you watched it i'm glad you gave us some pushback i think lane is is a flawed masterpiece in in a way that like very few anime are where it is it is a show that's just like doesn't care if you like it or understand it or even enjoy watching it and that is something that would never happen in the year of our Lord 2019. Uh, <laughs> because I don't think that's would a good you, Would thing. you say, even like... that it, it's, its creator wanted to give its audience a wound? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Why are you doing this, Duncan? We, we're going to be amicable. <laughs> Fight, Samuel. Fight! And they're at the side ringing the bell and going, ding, 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 Andy Ben, round two, go! <laughs> no, I think, I mean, like, I think like anybody who's just like, yeah, late is pretentious and dumb. Usually I hate the word pretentious because I think it is a way of people, like, 
terminating conversations they don't care about. But I think in the terms of Lane, Lane is pretending to a lot of stuff. And I I think like whether or not it lands, the vast majority of its themes is based on whether you've kind of tuned into its frequency or not. And it's like <laughs> I see, anyone I, who... Mm, I disagree with that. I don't think it's to do with tuning into its frequency. It's the fact that it's just something that's been tuned into so many times. Admittedly, not everything all at once, but and just a bit better. But largely since then places. and not before then. Agreed. It's not, but it's not, like it's... I said, I haven't watched it then. I watched it now. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't care about then. I care I mean, about now. Andy, think... can you do me a favor? I, yeah. I promise like this will be the only thing I ask from you this year. <laughs> can you watch Nia Under 7 and tell yeah, me if, if you to. like or hate that? Because I think that is a show... That it it has a lot of the same aesthetics as Lane, but it's, it's much much more character focused. Where it's the main character and the titular Nia are like living in a room together, and Nia's kind of crazy, and the main character is really depressed, and kind of seems like she wants to be dead, but we don't really get that. <laughs> but it's well, like it, no, is... it, it was something on my, when you initially brought it up, I was interested. Yeah. No, uh... I think I, I I'm really curious if it's if it's the aesthetics of Triangle Staff and Chiaki Kon not. Uh, yeah and like all these like if it, if it's the aesthetics of this type of work or if it is or if it's just like what lane's talking about and the fact that like people have talked a lot about the internet since the year 1998 <laughs> and um yeah i don't know i it, but like jeff this is the first time you've watched it right jeff yeah do you want to like <laughs> join the conversation i mean i just like i just sorry i just wanted to mention like i i know it's old but that's fine and i know that it, it's a relic of its past and whatever like i but i don't it doesn't matter i forgot what i was gonna say fucking go <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say like i i appreciate the aesthetic and like the weirdness and the 90s-ness of it like the the op has just like it sounds like a radio banger from around that time. I love, the, I fucking love that OP. Like we've, mm. we have to have had like a ban on not saying, and you don't seem to understand, <laughs> but it's, it's a band named Duvet. And that's how I feel listening to it. I'm just like snug, smuggled in a big Duvet and just like, yeah. who, is, who is, what is the band? Is it an English band? Like, cause I did like the song and I like the end song too, actually. I thought that was quite good. The, the end song is such like an old man, like yeah, Japanese ballad though. It, I could imagine him in like a smoky bar with a single guitar. Uh, Andy, the uh, the the track is called Duvet. The band is called Boa, uh, which is a which is a British uh, British uh, alternative indie band formed in 1993. (laughs) So uh, they're they're mostly known for writing this track for Lane. So and I I also really enjoyed the uh, like the also very 90s like Roswell paranoia and X Files stuff, and a lot of the like I think. In a lot of ways, I sort of like similarly to Andy, like a lot of like the techno babble, like pretensions to like deep meaning, kind of washed over me. Like it didn't, it didn't like set off my fight or flight instinct the same way. But the uh, I felt the emotional core of Lane's uh, Lane's distress at her life sort of coming apart at the seams the way it did was like enough to pull me through and i and like i don't know if 
I couldn't like name like another thing that's like done the like techno paranoia, the internet is bad actually kind of thing better than like our real lives already have. <laughs> and you know, just the fact that it, it got it so on the nose twenty years ago is just something that I find really impressive. Yeah. There's a really good Baffler article that I'll link in the show notes about like all the things Lane got right. Um and I read a few academic articles to prepare for this, but most of them are just fancy ways of saying what we've already said about how, like, if identities are digital and then they can be, like, copied or deleted or corrupted or whatever. And just the idea that, like, seeing seeing our interactions with the world as information has inherent dangers in it. And unfortunately, they're, in, they're dangers that we've kind of internalized where, like, <laughs> you have to be careful, like, what sites know what your real name is or yeah. what... And- doxing and stuff is and And just the general idea that you know who you are you know it exists within yourself but also in how everybody else sees you and as you get connected your you know the reflection of you on the internet is a lot more far-reaching than it used to be and it used Mm -hmm. to be that you know you Mm. existed in a tiny little world with like a hundred other people and you could you could be forgiven for having like a you know, a weird opinion every now and then, or for having a bad day because people have that full context of your life and they have your history and everything else. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you're, you know, the vast majority of your interactions with other people are either very, very curated little snippets that you've created yourself or an unfortunate, you know, outburst that, you know, went viral and the whole world saw mm. and it becomes the totality of who you are to the outside world. And then, you know, it doesn't matter if you yourself know that, like, oh, that was just supposed to be a joke or, oh, this was like, you know, a, I was having a weird day and I've de- I'm not normally like that. Like, that doesn't matter. And that's, you know, that is the thing that's been ushered in by our, our digital world that is, you know, our brains and our, you know, society is, you know, from the... Th- past hundred thousand years of evolution are completely unable to deal with. And I think we've talked about this in the, in the group chat, like we're in a, we're in a point in history that's kind of unique, you know, aside from maybe like, you know, the invention of the printing press, all of a sudden the, the authority of what is true and what is not true was not sequestered to a very small number of people at the top. It's, you know, anybody who can, you know, put letters on paper can have the appearance of authority that the Bible itself has. And that like, just, you know, that ruined the earth for a good while. (laughs) Yeah. We we had the 30 years war and the counter. Yeah. It was a bad time for a lot of people in, in Europe. (laughs) Yeah. And we, and, you know, and eventually we sort of like grew accustomed to that. And now we're kind of in another sort of transitory period like that, where, you know, everybody has access to tools that can make you seem as authoritative as an actual authority. And also, you know, if you are not limited by, you know, a professional, you know, standards or anything else, like it's even easier to make people think what you want them to think because you have no, you there, you know, there's nobody telling you not to. Yeah. But don't you think, I mean, and I, I hate this argument too, but I don't think there's other works that have also done a similar thing that's a bit, I don't know, better, but like 1984 jumps to mind, a uh, bit of a classic. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, 1984 talks a lot about authoritarianism, while hmm. I think that, like, the idea, I think that it's it's a very dangerous question to ask, like, what if more freedom isn't good? Um, but I think that Lane does say, like, 
if we treat everyone as software and ideas as currency and anyone can be connected to everyone at any moment's notice, like there's just going to be a lot of bad shit out there because human beings aren't perfect and it's the bad shit that gets people's attention. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like your, yeah. your one bad take gets ratioed to hell and is the subject of a Huffington Post article next day. <laughs> like that happens every single day. And it's like wild that that's how it is because, you know, most of the time, at least up until like circa 2009, if I said something stupid, it would be heard by like two or three people in a room. But now, well, I don't have a Twitter, so I don't have to worry about yeah, that. Now look who we are. Now, that, yeah. now there's dozens that will appear us talking about yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, like the, I do think like there's uh, the, the best that can come up with a contemporary uh, equivalent would be something like Black Mirror. Like, mm. Mm. Um, but I don't. I honestly don't think like the idea of uh, identity uh, has actually been explored that thoroughly in terms of uh, filmic and uh, animated works. I mean, like the only other anime I can think which really deals with it, like at a non-sensationalized level, would be um, uh, Denu Coil. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I, I think maybe Andy. I think that might be like the more. The the far better, far more polished, um, more um, more about the people rather than these big thrown in philosophical schemes. Like I think it's a far more um, less hostile to its yeah accessible. It's less less hostile to its audience. I mean, it's mostly that one's mostly about kids, and like I think that like while Lane pretends to be about kids, it's not. So there is that too. I watched mm. some of Denner Coil. I haven't finished it, obviously. Watched two episodes <laughs> and got bored. Fair no, I think, I think Denner Coil is good where it's the idea of where a world where augmented reality is the norm and there is like an internet that like perfectly overlays everyone's experience of the real world. I also, this is boring, but I will keep going back to Standalone Complex and Standalone Complex Second Gig, the Ghost in the Shell TV shows, which also have a lot of question about like, mm. about like, if you're not you, who are you? And if someone says they're you, how do you know they're not you? Which is like, again, like a bit of like a heady stoner question, but it's still like, I think it asks it very genuinely and does give interesting answers about like, especially the second gig, which has this whole idea of the individual 11, this revolutionary document that doesn't actually exist. Um, and like, can can a, a piece of writing a piece of ideology that doesn't actually exist still inspire people to act in accordance with its supposed strictures. Mm. And the answer is obviously yes, Mm -hmm. but just to what extent it's, I don't know. I, I think, I don't think we'll ever get anything like ghost in the shell standalone complex again, which is a bummer because we're getting a third season soon, but (laughs) hope springs eternal. Yep. (laughs) I mean, you said it's the same stuff for that. It is, it is, but it's also 2000. 2019 uh, 19, 19, 2005. A lot's happened. Trump got elected. Yeah. Brexit <laughs> happened. Like the appeal of Lane, I sort of half joked about it with Eva. It's like it's it's dealing with these these issues without the chrome of uh, uh, cybernetics or giant robots or action fight scenes. It's just about how it affects a person. Um, yeah. Although Lane does build a hell of a rig. Uh, in her yeah. underwear because of static shock, which is like probably the most '90s thing that I had, along with the jumper settings, which is like, oh yeah, 
building a computer in your underwear so that you don't like short out your RAM. <laughs> and also the ecstasy of her dad after he puts his computer together and it posts and he's like, he, 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 he. no, he goes, he goes, he goes, ha. And it's just like, oh man, yeah, it's so that good. Was, that was, I did like how every time after she built, as far as audio visual sort of stuff goes, every time she um, built her, computer when she soup when she got to like this final form or whatever every time somebody stepped into it you'll hear like the tr- the sound of them splashing in water yeah so gave the idea that <laughs> not not only was the uh computer maybe not real but even that physical space probably didn't even exist uh, in the real world itself what is it interesting the second floor first floor of a thing of a house fucking massive uh, house but yeah no i, I agree because when we first see lane's room it's just like her tiny little like fisher price computer and like a bed and then a bunch of stuffed animals on the window and then just like a lot of space and the the rate at which that gets consumed up with just like computer hardware mm-hmm. um, is the are the stuffed animals on the window because i had a feeling that she the stuffed animals moved there as a way of sort of saying that people that she is watching people uh, as Did you like this anime, and Andy? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I can just pick up on some sort of visual uh, metaphors and think. Well, that was. I mean, that's thing. an interesting suggestion. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, this. So uh, Reddit, our anime on Reddit, the subreddit of anime, uh, did a rewatch of this three years ago, and they have some very detailed write-ups. And that's probably the most in-depth analysis, episode to episode uh of lane and yeah i don't know like i i didn't see anything about that there i read a few i eventually found them a bit too navel gazy for me because <laughs> if you if you go into lane with the with the assumption that everything's a simple for symbol for something else you will end up just turning out fucking time cube scale writings <laughs> about the, the about it of every frame yeah yeah and that's fine if that's what you're into that's that's not my jam and that's why i think i i reacted so strongly against this show it's not by far the worst thing that we've watched but i wouldn't watch and i'm glad that i watched it i should i should say that i'm glad that i watched it because it is something that a lot of people love but it's not for me which is fine (laughs) Um, that's fine and we'll i mean we'll have a new chance to to pitch something that's more uh, Andy Speed next next episode. <laughs> I'm pretty episode. sure they weren't at the window because when he destroyed their comp- their stuff there. Well, when she had the computer, that it's the first two episodes where they where the stuffed animals are on the window, and then they get moved from the window because she like blocks it off with fucking computer shit. Yeah, um, I, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, are we ready to wrap it there? It seems so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I could talk forever about this show, but it would get increasingly well. What I just complained about with Reddit, yeah. uh, Daisy. <laughs> like, this I've got notes on. Like, actually, this might say something about it. I've got notes on like the, the way the actual sort of episode to episode plot pans out, and the whether or not certain characters have certain roles within it. And but like, I don't think that's what the show wants you to think about or wants you to talk about it in the end it is about this bigger um picture and sometimes it gets a bit preachy about that but i think overall i i like it for setting out its stall and just sticking to it yeah i mean to just to point out that like the main plot of the show is complete by the end of episode 10 and then the last 
the last three episodes are just like, and how does Alice feel about all the shit that Lane's gone through? So it is kind of just a, a weird show where like the plot is kind of a an adjunct to like what themes are being explored in individual episodes, and that's what makes it so easy to talk about it forever. Like we've just restarted <laughs> ourselves doing. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. would like to read the Dojin. I'd like to because I think as a condensed form that would have maybe been a bit more interesting. Well, I mean, not a bit more interesting, but a bit more easy to digest. Abe's Abe's Dojin are often like very like tone poemy, so I don't know if maybe that would work better or worse for you <laughs> in written form of just like here's an aesthetic of of paranoia and isolation and digital supremacy over our perceptions of the real world. But yeah, well, let's go ahead and then wrap this up. Remember. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter at KeyframesPod. Find us on Facebook. Search for KeyframesPodcast. Email us questions, keyframespodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, tell a friend about how much Andy hates Serial Experiments Lane, even though it's (laughs) one of the best anime of the past 20 years. (laughs) But, you know, don't just tell any friend. Uh, You've really got to find the friend that is on Facebook that you've not really met ever before and think, I'm going to converse with them and then find out that they're dead. You, yeah, you should send them an email and say, join me on the internet. It's freeing yeah. here. And they join, find out you've died. Jo- join me on this podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.